Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. If you choose me, you may remove your mask. This is obviously a disappointing decision. President Zelensky needs to tell us what the definition of victory is. Propagandist media have been engaged. And as long as they're willing to fight, we need to help them. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back. I told you he had done. He's still here. <laughs> Benny Hardy, post-tax uh, season. I am back, and I have a lot to say. <laughs> so, Clark. What do you got to say about taxes? Do you really want to get started no, on that? No, okay. I don't. I don't so, no. Clark, uh, you might want to get your hand on that dump button like you're playing double jeopardy <laughs> or something, because... I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, sugar. Oh. Hey, we have got a great program. Uh, going to have an interview with Harold Varner the third, the one of the hottest golfers in uh, playing professional golf right now. He is uh, he is really really having a great season. He he's yet to wet his uh, win his first um, PGA Tour event, but boy, he is near the top time after time after time, and. Uh, we're going to play an interview. We actually, Clark and I recorded it yesterday morning because that was the only time he had. He is just finishing one event. He finished the RBC Heritage and uh, had that Monday morning off. And then he turns around and flies down to New Orleans to play in the Zurich Classic. And he's going to be playing with Bubba Watson. So we're going to have that interview with you, uh, with him for you in uh, about 520. Now, the uh, tournament he won was it was it in Dubai? Uh, it was in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What uh, is that? Was that any kind of sponsored event of any? Thing? It was big money. Yeah, it was definitely big. It money. It was big money. Uh, I don't. It, it it does not count as a PGA <clears throat> Tour event. Just a worldwide uh, victory, yeah. I guess. And it's. I I think it must have counted towards his money because the top 50 money earners are the ones uh, among other ways of getting into the masters the top 50 money winners uh were invited to the masters and i i uh, my hunch is that counted towards so that. that's how he qualified for the masters. I, I think so yeah and 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 of course he did real well he came in sixth in the players championship so he's he's had a good year new york post is reporting that uh, joe biden had his first easter egg roll and uh he got rolled by the easter bunny <laughs> uh, did you see that? True international under pressure. <laughs> did I see that? I, I I was wondering if that was actually you know a, a handler in an Easter oh, it Bunny was. outfit. It was. <laughs> and can you imagine? I mean, I, the poor guy is in bad shape. It's obvious. I probably shouldn't joke about this, but you, you think the Easter Bunny guy and the Easter Bunny had like a like an earphone and somebody was saying, "Get this idiot out of here." It was actually a gal, <laughs> Megan Hayes, who is apparently in charge of the relationships between the press and the president she is the gal that basically ushers the press off or ushers joe away from the press all the time yesterday wasn't any different she just did it in a bunny outfit Mm -hmm. and then on top of that when joe was (laughs) welcoming everyone to the white house jill biden is telling him what to do he reads the little card and says you know welcome to the white house blah 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 Happy Easter, happy, happy Easter. And then um, he starts clapping, and Jill's waving, and she says, wave, Joe, wave, wave, Joe. wave. wave. Mm-hmm. wave. 
And then he turns around to leave a little bit later, and she says, stay, Joe, stay. Sit, sit, <laughs> sit, Joe, sit. And it happened last Thursday. He was up in Greensboro at North Carolina A&T, and uh, he finishes his speech, and he starts shaking hands with the air. The mystery, the mystery guest. <laughs> I, I saw that. That's, that's, that's really sad. It's really sad. And, and, you know, everyone in the world is seeing this. It's so. sad, and you feel bad, but I, I, but I feel bad for the people in the nursing homes, but I don't want them to be my president. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah. Come on, man. <clears throat> the, and and the, when the bunny came up and got right in Joe's face and started waving her arms, Joe had that, I'm, uh, I'm in the nursing home, but I don't know where I am, look. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, again, just sort of started shuffling off like he did when Obama was in the White House and Joe didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, it, it is sad, but again, that that uh, isn't an excuse for uh, giving him a bye to be the president. It's it is scary. That was so obvious that the the whole bunny incident, bunny I guess you can call it bunny gate. Bunny gate. <laughs> um, but did you see anything on the news about it last night, other other than Fox News? Yeah, I well I'd be honest with you. <clears throat> Last night was uh, was a pretty full night for me, so I did not even watch the news last night. Yeah, but, uh, I, I intentionally watched a couple of segments of other uh, networks. Nothing, nothing. Nothing on that. No. Carolina Journal is reporting State Treasurer Dale Falwell is drawing attention to North Carolina's number two ranking in a new assessment of state's economic out- outlook. The Tar Heel State trails only Utah in the ranking from the American Legislative Exchange Council. This is big news. Falwell says uh, it's tremendous news for North Carolina. I applaud the General Assembly leadership and members who have been instrumental in a decade-long mission to steer the state into a path of much-needed reform based on disciplined tax and spending policies. At a time when there is widespread economic pessimism and concern, North Carolina residents can take heart that we have created a powerful economic engines engine with the prospect for future sustainability rated second best in the nation from a financial perspective nc stands for nothing compares and falwell went on to talk a little bit more detail about how the tax code is working in north carolina's favor but also the deregulation and you know i thought boy is this is a microcosm of uh what what donald trump was doing when he was in there and and again total opposite to what joe biden is doing raising tax taxes and just throwing regulations back on top of businesses and we're seeing the results i, I didn't catch that what was the who, who rated that who made that the rate? american legislative exchange council hmm. and uh, the ranking is tied to the american legislative exchange council's annual rich states poor states report oh yeah i've uh, seen that that same report reports north carolina number 12 for economic performance um, in North Carolina in 2011, North Carolina was um, at 26 in the ALEC rankings. So uh, much improved. And uh, again, deregulate and don't overtax, and you can get a well-oiled machine humming right along. Um, and kudos to Dale Falwell. He is probably one of the most underestimated uh, individuals on the uh on the state level who his you know a quiet guy behind the scenes guy he likes to do interviews by the way 
but he's just a uh, he's just a good guy doing his job and uh, very conservative in his financial decisions and uh, kudos to uh, Dale Falwell. I think he's a really bright guy. I think he uh, you know, across the state he rubs he rubs a few people the wrong way. I think he's kind of a um, because he tells it like it is. Yeah, he I he mean, doesn't he doesn't play political games. Yeah, I think he doesn't hold back, and uh, that's that's what you need in that position. You yeah. Need to be straightforward and honest with it. Interesting story out of the Gateway Pundit. John Durham, the special prosecutor. Um, the the Sussman trial is going to come up. Michael Sussman, who was Hillary Clinton's lawyer, he was the guy that lied to the FBI. Um, Baker, was it John Baker or Jim? John Baker, I think it was. John, yeah, I think John. Who um, He lied to the FBI. I said, look, I'm just telling you about this conduit between Donald Trump and this this uh, Alpha Bank in Russia, I'm just I've got evidence, and I'm just telling the FBI this. I don't have a client in this fight. I'm just telling it because I'm a good patriotic American, <laughs> which is a, about as big a bald faced lie as you can come up with. Well, John Durham wants now in his trial, which begins next month, to use emails from Hillary Clinton talking about the fact that at the same time he was saying i've got this information about this link between donald trump and this alpha bank she's tweeting it and she's out there saying oh you know donald trump's a crook look at this evidence that we have well it could have only come from sussman michael sussman (laughs) so it's pretty evident and that's why that's why john durham apparently wants to enter this into the case because it, it, it pretty much proves that Michael Sussman was lying through his teeth when he came up and said, you know, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, how, how else would she know? Yeah. I mean, other and, than that information. And, and this came out two months before the election in 2016. You know, in the, in the Democrat narrative, I mean, right on down to their people I know, the Democrat Party at the state level, back when this whole Donald Trump-Russia collusion thing was going on, I mean, it was obvious they were pushing down this information in in certain forms all the way down to state politics because oh, yeah. they were they oh, were yeah. singing off the same sheet of music about this nonsense. Bingo! And they're making a big deal about Donald Trump having any connections to Russia prior to he was in the White House. Well, he's an international businessman with, with businesses all around the world. Doing, I mean, specifically doing business in Moscow. So, I mean. Of course, you're going to do business with a bank in Moscow if you do business in Russia. But why, what in the hell is some someone that's been a lifetime politician like the Clintons have anything to do any business in Russia? Well, and the irony I mean, is when, when you see a liberal pointing the finger and making these wild accusations, uh, just wait long enough and dig far enough and you'll find out that the person that actually had the connections and was, you know, having a improper relationship over in russia <laughs> it was hillary clinton oh, i mean yeah. she was paying uh, st- for the steel dossier and going over there and lying to people and making up stuff and it's amazing well it was the democrat president uh franklin roosevelt said to recognize a crook you got to be a crook yeah. so, I mean, <laughs> that's why he appointed kennedy to uh to write the securities laws Supposedly, uh, Joe Biden has told Barack Hussein Obama that he plans to run for re-election in 2024, mm. which I guess would make Barack happy because that'll be a, a, a fourth term for him in the White House. 
Um, Biden wants to run, and he clearly is letting everyone know. A source with, a source with knowledge uh, it told the uh, publication The Hill. The source added that Biden believes he is the only candidate who can beat Donald Trump in a hypothetical rematch between the two political rivals. I don't think he beat him the first time, and uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty confident that uh, Joe couldn't beat his way out of, of a wet paper bag. I I don't care who the Republicans run. Yeah, he's um, you know I'd, I'd like to say I'd like to be heavyweight champion in the world in boxing, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, you know, six three two twenty and fast so yeah but uh we'll see joe i i frankly i hope it is you i can't imagine that the democrats will tolerate that i i just for the life of me i just i don't I, see that happening I, I i still don't see him finishing his term but you know it's kind of interesting uh they start talking about biden again um and running i mean it's if this information is getting released it's for a reason it's yeah. just not behind the scenes talk they want it to be released and i just think think it, it's a little i don't know it's a little early but uh you know they're already starting to talk about mask mandates and they're talking about the, the covid numbers you know spiraling again going up and i'm saying uh-oh i can see now where we can't safely vote in the next election i can see it coming already mail-in ballots only I, I there just can is see so it much pushback though i mean there's an interesting story out today about how philadelphia is reinstituting the mask mandate in restaurants and uh you know restauranteurs are just saying you're going to put us out of business yeah they're destroying businesses uh. But what's really interesting, though, is they're also coming out and saying, but we really can't speak up against it because of the thuggery of Philadelphia politics. I mean, they're coming right out and saying it. Oh, it's like Chicago. Philadelphia is dirty Chicago. Yeah. By the way, uh, you know, I, again, trying to figure out, I, I agree with what you say. It's no accident that this information is being released. At the same time, though, the Washington Examiner has run a pretty uh, in, in, intense story talking about detailed story, I should say, talking about the fact that there are now 10 Democrats that have come out rather forcefully and uh, disagreed with Joe Biden on Title 42. Now, five of the 10 are running for re-election, and they're probably in pretty rough shape. Now, and three of them, Maggie Hansen of New Hampshire, Raphael Warnock of Georgia and Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada. There is no way, there is absolutely no way that they sincerely are disagreeing with Joe Biden on Title 42. I mean, they're all about removing Title 42, but uh, they also realize that they're going to get shellacked. And uh, they are, as typical... When it comes election time, you have liberals that try to be moderates. You have moderates that try to be conservatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, that's what's <clears throat> happening here. But you got Gary Peters of Michigan, Chris Coons of Delaware, who's a lib, Mark Kelly of Arizona, Krista Cinema of Arizona, Maggie Hansen of New Hampshire, Raphael Warnock of Georgia, Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, John Tester of Montana, and uh, Henry Cuellar of Texas. Uh, nine of them are senators. Uh, Cuellar's in the House. But uh, they have all come out uh, pretty forcefully and uh, disagreed with Joe on uh, removing Title 42, which means, uh, you know, if it, and, and here, here's a question. And I would think that the answer to the, this question is yes. Can uh, 
Now, it's the CDC that says we can remove Title 42, but could the Senate and the House override that decision? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But my hunch is uh, after November, you're going to see a a lot of legislation passed, not just executive orders from a president, but uh, you're going to see a lot of passages of of legislation as it relates to immigration and uh, finally getting to the point where we would secure our border only after three or four million people have come across illegally. I I don't know how even a Democrat – um, in any border state, whether it be Arizona, Texas, uh, New Mexico, uh, any of the border states or border states that border the border states, I don't see how any Democrat now can support what's going on in our border or they're going to lose. <laughs> you would think. Because there's towns that are being destroyed in Arizona and Texas yes. because of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're, they're, they're begging for relief. Hey, we're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to have that Harold Varner interview for you. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. We speak the language of news. Let us translate. They told me to read this. I'm not allowed to go off script or I will get in trouble. When they talk, there are still predictions. How dare you ask me that? I am way smarter than you. I'm up here. You're down there. We'll explain. What unifies us is the nonsense, 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 uh, unintelligible nonsense. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We don't call it news and views for nothing. Take a look at your weather forecast. Uh, clear skies tonight, low around 35. Chance of frost. So, wow. uh, yeah, if you might want to cover up the plants. Well, Hopefully look, we won't have frost. But it's Saturday, though. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful this weekend. Um, it is going to look uh, warmer each day. Tomorrow, high near 66, sunny skies. Thursday, partly cloudy, high near 76. Then we get into the weekend, we'll be back into the 80s with lots of sunshine. So uh, we didn't need the rain yesterday. So that was Oh, that thing. was much needed. I see all these crops in the field. I'm sure the farmers were very thankful. This weather brought to you by Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather is here. We hope it stays. <laughs> I mean, it'll get warm, then it'll get cold, then it'll get warm. But I think it's here to stay. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Ironwood Country Club voted voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood is waiving all initiation fees, wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle at 252-752-4653. Speaking of Ironwood, that's where Harold Varner played his uh, collegiate career. That was their home course. Of course, they played all over, but that's where they uh, did their practicing and uh, that had a tournament or two under Press McFall there. But uh, we had a chance to talk to Harold Varner. Yesterday morning, we recorded this interview. He's got a very, very tight schedule. Uh, Harold and I have been texting back and forth for probably a month now, trying to set up a date that would work. Really since probably the time he won over in Saudi Arabia, that big tournament where he sucked that 90, uh, sunk that 90-foot putt. And finally, um, he said, well, can you do it early Monday morning? And I said, I sure can. And I said, how early do you want to do it? I said, I'll do it at 2 a.m. if we have to. 
And uh, he said, nah, let's do it at 8 o'clock. So uh, Clark came in yesterday morning, and uh, we recorded this interview with Harold Varner III. If you're watching the final round of the RBC Heritage Golf Tournament from Harbortown on Hilton Head Island, you saw Harold Varner III, the 2012 graduate of East Carolina University, wearing his pirate purple on Sunday. Harold's on the phone with us now. Welcome in, Harold. Good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Listen, it is hard to believe that it has been 10 years since you completed your collegiate golf career at East Carolina. That's flown by, hasn't it? It has. I would say in the last two, three years, I've been going back a good bit. Uh, my wife is obviously from uh, Greenville. So it's I get back, but it's just nice to get back for some ECU things. Uh, obviously, I want to get more involved with the school. So it's, it's been a nice transition, I guess, in the last three or four years. But you know, before that, I wasn't going back at all, so it kind of, it's just time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. <laughs> it looks like you're having fun, I will say. You mentioned your wife, Amanda. 2020, you got married, and this last fall, you had Harold Varner IV. That is a, uh, that's a pretty big deal. That's a fun deal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the scariest thing I think a human does. You know, leading up to it, everyone was like, uh, it's going to be the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah we did not have a great birth so it was uh you know i i think everyone has their own experience but ours wasn't as pretty as everyone led us up to be so it's the kids great it's just it's scary man we we had some scares and you know that's why when i tell people when they're pregnant you know like not or women i'm just like and the guys i'm like dude just hang in there it's uh it's one of the craziest rides and everyone that's a parent knows it's just not i mean it's not that easy no it's not and i got news for you i'm into the grandfather stage and that's a whole lot easier than the dad stage but uh it, yeah it's... you get to give him back right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a thrill now you call him liam right yes liam yeah his middle name's william and i have two friends that are will and amanda said what about liam and i was like oh that sounds pretty good it wasn't wasn't too complicated to say the least but it can't go by harold in 2040 so what's the bigger kick, being a dad to Liam or playing in the Masters? Oh, being a dad. Absolutely. You don't think what's, uh, what's cool is you just don't think about, like you don't think about anything when you're with him. You're just like focused on him. Obviously that's going to change like through life because eventually it'll be self-sufficient, I hope. So you try to enjoy those times. He's just a really good kid. He sleeps through the night. That's probably another reason why we might not have another one. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> now, do Amanda and Liam get to travel to a lot of the tournaments with you? No, they, they've come to – they should come more often. I play pretty well when they come. Uh, they came to Augusta. They came to last week, Hilton Head. And then they came to CBC Sawgrass. Okay. Yeah, they bring us a little good luck charm. need to bring them more often every week. <laughs> now, are you going to play in Zurich uh, or at New Orleans in the Zurich – classic i am i am i'm headed down there i'm gonna play with bubba watson actually i'm fun <laughs> yeah i've i mean i've known bubba Mott, you know since uh he, we played together in the qbe i would say four or five years ago we had a good team but you know we haven't played together in this event i don't know why so i'm lo- really looking forward to it now I, i'm no expert although i follow you pretty closely i would say th- this year has by far been your most successful year in professional golf i mean you won the saudi international and it was fun to see bubba right there running down to greet you after you sunk that 90 foot putt um he wasn't that happy don't, don't <laughs> <him too> much <laughs> no yeah that was super cool 
by the way that thing just kept going and going and going i was i was up early that morning watching on tv that sunday morning and of course it was over overseas so uh for you it was in the afternoon i'm sure but uh, here it was like i think eight o'clock in the morning i didn't think it was going to get there i thought well boy it just does and it just kept going and going and what was your thought as it left the putter face did you think it had a chance no i thought that uh when it got over the hill, I was like, all right, we're going to a playoff. Perfect. This is, you know, let's go do it. And Tommy Fleetwood, he comes in on the putt, like kind of just, just in front of me. And I'm like, oh, man, it must be pretty close. And, yeah, like you said, it just kept going. I mean, it's blowing like 40 straight down wind. Freaking hey, when it was, uh, it was awesome. It well, was, I thought your caddy was going to knock you over when he jumped into your arms. He tried to. <laughs> he tried to. Yeah, that was uh Man, I just, I was trying to chest bump him, and he freaking jumped in my arm. <laughs> Good thing he's my size. So you won that. You were in contention in the Players' Championship. You qualified for the Masters. You made the cut at the Masters. You were in contention this past weekend at the RBC Heritage. Went down to your very last putt. I mean, it looks like you're really firing on all cylinders this year. Yeah, I am for sure. I am uh, I'm playing well. Actually, I feel like I've played this well before but I'm just doing it more often. I think time is crunched right now with a kid. So like I try to maximize every chance like, you know, that I'm out there or whether I'm practicing. So you're just way more focused. That's not my strength to say the least. Well, it seemed like, especially during the masters, it seems like your chipping was just really, really strong. Yes. And that's what killed me yesterday. I was so, I mean, that's the first day I've like chipped it and I didn't like chip it great. Yeah. You're spot on. That's, you know, I putted it, I'm putting it really well like all year, but you know, it makes it easier when you're getting it in that window where you can just get it up and down, you know, you're not stressing about it. But yesterday, that's what, that was my nemesis basically. Um, didn't get a few up and down. So it's just, it's golf. It's fun. And I am chipping it unbelievable. I don't know where it came from, but it's pretty nice to have. (laughs) It does look like you're having fun. But the other interesting thing, too, is when I'm watching an event, I'm always looking for Harold Varner III. Your demeanor is really interesting, Harold, because when I'm watching you, a lot of times they'll have the camera on your face after you hit your approach shot as you're watching it come into the green most of the time, I have no idea whether you're hitting it in the marsh or you're two feet from the pen. Your demeanor is always pretty sneaky, whether whether you hit a great shot or you're not too happy with it. It seems like your demeanor is pretty constant. Yeah, it's important to have that. No matter what happens on the golf course, you know, life's going to go on. I've always thought that, so it's just helped my perspective. I mean, so I just hit it and just see where it goes. It doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. It doesn't mean I don't get pissed off, but man, it's it's so much fun to be competing. That's what I love the most. Like, I love competition, whether it goes my way or not. Yesterday stung a little bit. But, you know, I went to sleep last night and, you know, still thinking about it. And I woke up and I was totally fine, you know. It's just a part of sports in general. And that's why we enjoy watching it. Right. That, you know, exhilaration of, like, is he going to do it or is she going to do it or they going to get it done? And, I mean, just talking about it gets me excited, to be honest with you. Speaking of being pissed off, <laughs> not to bring up yeah. a sore subject, but Friday, hole number six, a par four, you hit your drive off to the right, 
and a little bit of a controversy one of the neighbors that lives down at harbortown was helping you look for the ball and it sounds like he misplaced the ball it picks it up and says hey is this yours stumbles puts it down in a different place and uh, the official comes along and says oh that's out of bounds when originally it wasn't can you elaborate on that a little bit so basically i'm sitting 10 15 yards away from uh, this guy and he we thought it went in a hazard we saw a ball that was on the other side that was inbounds that wasn't my golf ball and he didn't pick that one up and then we go he's on his way back to his house and he's like oh here's another ball and he's like, looks at me, he says, it's a Tyler's two with a black dot. I'm like, that's my ball. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's in. He says it, and then he goes down and he picks it up, and he almost kind of trips. And so this bank is so steep that, like, when he picked it up, he, like, you know, he slipped a little bit. And the only way you could get the ball to stay there was to go a little bit higher. There's no way I could tell it was inbounds or out of bounds. But when I asked the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, it's inbounds. I'm like. You know, I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to get over there? It's my next thing. And what I don't get, and, you know, I had a chance to talk with Coxie about it, is why is it his rule? Why is it the guy's day over mine? I'm hitting the ball. I saw the guy move it. Like, you know, and it's funny. The cameras were running the whole time, except when that guy picked up the ball. Like, I'm like, you know, you recorded everything else. Everyone made fun of the guy going over and looking at the first ball when when you recorded the whole thing. It is what it is. The article got it wrong. But, yeah, I was super pissed because I think that at the end of the day, the ball goes in the hazard. Oh, it's the player's benefit of the doubt. They always say, like, you could be like, if we're playing around and this guy thinks the, he hit the ball and he thinks that it went in here and two guys say, hey, it didn't go in there, the rules official is going to come up to you and say, Hey, well, we got to kind of go with his word. What he, we're, we have to go with the player. And now we're talking about, you know, we're going with some random guy that's sitting on his back porch. That's what really, really infuriates me, to be honest with you. Well, and it's got to sting a little bit more. Now, granted, you came out on Saturday and you had a great round, but it had everything been the same and you could have played that out and avoided a double bogey, you win the RBC? Without a doubt. I haven't really thought about that, but. It's just unfortunate that, like, I know what the good players and, you know, my instructor and stuff like that are going to say. They're like, well, you shouldn't have hit it there. All right, I get it. And then, you know, there's part of me, I'm like, well, I did hit it there. and I did the right thing. Like, I know it could have happened there. I could have just said it went in the hazard. And that just wasn't the right thing to do. Like, I just know some people would have been like, oh, no, it's in the hazard. Don't worry about it. So, you know, I can sleep at night. I just wish that the rules were to protect the players. And it's, they're not. They're not at all. Um, it's always like a gray area. The rules official is always going to be in the right or wrong because he has to make the final decision. There's no final decision if there's a rule. It's just like, hey, this is what it is. It is what it is. And, you know, we saw that when he put the ball back down, he had to move the pine cone. And, you know, I do respect Coxie. He did come up and talk to me yesterday. And I just said, we'll agree to disagree. It's totally fine. We'll live. We'll be friends. But, <laughs> yeah, I just think that's dumb. Let's talk about nerves. I mean, you look cool as a cucumber out there, but for example, teeing off at the Masters for the first time, was was it a little jittery? Yeah, it was jittery, but I get nervous playing with my boys. I just want to do good. I always have. I've always, you know, first tee jitters are real. I've always had them. I don't, (laughs) I can't think of a time I didn't have them ever since I was a kid, so I don't really mind it. Yesterday was good. Yesterday had me all up in my fields, which is, 
I mean, I don't know. That's why you play. And I got a little bit better. Once I got to number three, I was good to go. It's golf. It, I always told Ricey, I said, just give me a few holes just to get it under my belt. Just, like, get through the first hole. I don't know why it's like that, but first hole, man, I feel like my stomach's about to come out of my mouth. Butterflies are good because it makes you realize, okay, I, I've got to concentrate, maybe a little bit more dependency on the Lord and say a little prayer and get your priorities straight. So eh, butterflies aren't always a bad thing. But he's given us the, a sound mind and an unbelievable talent. So it's, it makes it, he just reassures you that you're doing the right thing. What was jittier, the first tee at the Masters or teeing off at the RBC on Sunday morning? The RBC, not even close. I knew I had a chance to win, and that's what I've been working my tail off. Uh, the Masters, the first tee ball, you know, like, all right, here's my deal. When the very first shot I hit in the tournament, I was like, I'm just going to hit it hard. Like, don't worry about anything. Just hit it hard. We'll figure it out. You know, worst you're going to make is double, and we can, we can rebound after that. It wasn't so much a carefree. It was just like, don't worry about it. So, yeah, I was nervous, but, like, Hilton Head, you know, like, hey, man, if I go down here and birdie these first three holes, it'll be on my donkey call. <laughs> Did you get any sleep Saturday night? Yeah, I sleep. I don't. I, I, I'm every time I get closer and closer. I guess better and better. And in those situations, I feel as if you know, like I, it is what it is. I mean, I came home, played my kid till he went to sleep. Sometimes I can't stay awake long enough to like to worry about really not like getting to sleep. Like, yeah, not feel <laughs> sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, 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 have, I don't sleep long at all. I never have just not a big sleeper feel like you always got something you can do and get done and one day we'll take a long nap it sounds like marriage and being a dad has helped your golf game when you first started as a professional you'd have three good days and one of those fourth day whether it was saturday or sunday or friday there would be a blow-up day that that really hasn't happened this year like it has in the past i think that was going to happen whether i had a kid or not some of the times i've never been there i mean my first final group uh, it was Sunday at a major, you know, just things happen in a way in my journey that like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have these experiences when they're playing in college. Like I only won twice in college or they had it on the web.com. I didn't win there. So like once I got on tour, you know, all my lessons were learned in front of millions of people. So like some people get to learn that when there's no TV cameras, there's no people watching. Right. Mine just happened to be front and center, which I don't mind. I learned a lot about myself. This is what it is. And, it's it's my journey and it's been awesome and i just want to keep excelling keep being herald as much as i can be and keep having fun you know it's you know life's short you know just enjoy these moments because before you know i won't be able to do it do you get energy from the crowds yesterday was pretty nuts well yeah i do in general augusta was insane uh yeah Yesterday was awesome because it was just a lot of EQ fans, you know, the young purple gold. And my caddy's like, I wish they would shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't understand how this is like a religion right here. Like, you have to cut that out. <laughs> when you hit a good drive and somebody yells out in the hole or some other <laughs> shout out, uh, do you even hear those things or do they bother you or do they uh, irritate you? Oh, uh, no. Anything, anything someone says doesn't bother me at all. Especially out there, man. We're we're inside the ropes. We're having fun. Yeah. Like enjoying competing. I'm doing what I love the most. And so, like, the fact of me sitting there trying to worry about someone else, that means I'm not focusing on my job. You brought up your college days. I play fairly regularly with a old teammate of yours, Jonathan Gansard. I know he stays in touch with you. Do you stay in touch with most of your old college players? Yeah. Well, hit or miss. I see Connor and Jake probably. Man, I'll probably see them 
once or twice a month, maybe more sometimes. They came to Augusta. <laughs> um, I haven't seen – I see a good bit of them at uh, football games. We're trying to do this Pirate Cup the week of the NC State game. You know, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. and You know, I guess probably I'd say the ones I lived with I talked to all the time. The ones I didn't live with I talked to here and there. Press McFall, your old college coach, uh, do you speak to him often? <laughs> I talk to him a lot. Yeah, I'm actually calling him today at some point. Yeah, I talk to him all the time. That guy uh, was a important person in my life. And, you know, he still is today. He was in my wedding. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been a great it's just weird how the relationship's been uh, coach, mentor, accountability leader in my life to, like, unbelievable friend. And, you know, we can talk about different things. It's really – I think it's funny. Did Press recruit you at ECU or was were you he already did. there? He, he did. No, okay. he recruited me, yeah. He was very hard on me, and I just always respected that. I always loved that. And it's just like, you know, you, all these transitions and relationships – with him it's happened so fast you know like four years of school and then i got out of school you know so it's pretty nuts you know it's like a lifetime of like relationships in 10 years i play at your old college course ironwood and uh, you are well loved out there uh, every time i go out there on a saturday if there's a tournament going on the first question out of everybody's mouth is how is harold doing the entire east carolina community is very proud of you your ears ought to be burning for the the positive comments that are going on about your career Listen, thanks for uh, joining us today. We do appreciate it. Look forward to uh, watching you down in New Orleans this weekend. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Like I've been saying about East Carolina, I mean, I can never repay what has been given to me at East Carolina. So that's pretty cool and great to hear and all. But, you know, I think it's a group of people that just love that place. I'm just super proud to be a part of it. Well, listen, we look forward to uh, having you down in Greenville for the Pirate Cup this fall. Sounds good, and I'll see you guys soon. Thank you again, Tom. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, Harold. Harold Varner from yesterday morning. What a great guy. Yeah, and what an ambassador for East Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, um, you know, right on down to wearing his uh, Sunday purple on Sundays in in every tournament. And uh, if you ever see him in an interview, I mean, he – I mean, he's going to mention East Carolina University. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just always does. And, that, I mean, I like to see that. And another thing about him, he's – you know, I don't know if you remember back, you know, during the whole uh, George Floyd and then the, the subsequent race riots and things such as that. They tried to they tried to bait him into saying some things. And he and he wrote an article. I forget what publication it was. I think it was in Golf Digest, I, I think. think. it was. Yeah. A long article. And uh, – the world needs more Harold Varners, yeah. I believe. I don't. I don't know him personally. I have met him one time, but he he is uh, he is well grounded, and I'm happy for success. And Absolutely. We got to take a time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. There's an interesting story on Fox News. It's an investigative piece about how this whole defund the police has really backfired on uh, progressives that want to project out that they're all about protecting black lives and uh, defund the police is just blown up in their face. 
to the point, uh, this is a long, a long article, but um, in 2019, there were 7,400 black Americans that were murdered. That number shot up to um, 9,000, almost 10,000, just under 10,000 murders in 2020 in one year. In one year, it increased by 20, almost 2,500 murders. And uh, what was what was the big difference? That was the year we were all talking about um, defunding the police. And the riots took place. And guess what? They defunded the police. Some of the idiotic decisions that are being made, you scratch your head and say, what in the world's going on? Exhibit A, over the weekend, you heard about that shooting down in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. This guy goes into a mall, shoots and injures, uh, was it 10 or 12 people? It was 13, I think. Uh, 14 people. 14. 14 were injured. South Carolina judge set a $2,500, a $25,000 bond. The guy's out. That's, I mean, that's just hard to imagine. <laughs> the guy is out. Now, now, you've got from the January 6th riots over a year ago, you still have people in jail not being able to get out. And yet this guy goes in, shoots. Nobody has died. They give him an a, a ankle bracelet. $25,000 bond, and he's out. This is unbelievable. And and you wonder why violence is on the increase. Yeah, and you mentioned the whole, um, well, particularly, it seemed like during COVID, post-George post Floyd, Floyd riots and the whole defund the police mentality. But, you know, it really, you back up, it really started probably, what, 10, 12 years ago, when George Soros did so many, funded so many campaigns for DAs, yep. and this whole restorative justice mess, where they're just letting people out on the streets, yep. and it's uh, it's it's backfiring. Oh, big time! And uh, some of the major cities—Seattle, New York, Chicago—boy, uh, people are fleeing for their lives, yep. literally fleeing for their lives. We got to take another break. Stay with us. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So the Daily Mail is reporting on a Wake Forest medical student who uh, put on Twitter last month. Her name is Kaichel DeRazio. Del Razio. Um, she now says this was an inaccurate statement, but her original tweet was, I had a patient I was doing a blood draw on. The patient saw my pronoun pen and laughed to the staff she dash her question mark well of course it is what other pronouns even are there i missed his vein so he had to get stuck twice and there's a little emoji laughing um in in other words um she was saying hey if uh if you're gonna make fun of my pronouns uh i'm gonna miss you with the pen I, I guess you didn't get that uh, first do no harm. Uh, yeah, the Hippocratic Oath yeah. not, not working too well for her. And uh, anyway, she's she's in trouble with the university, but the university has basically said, oh, she did nothing wrong. It was an inaccurate statement. Unbelievable. Hey, we got to run. 